When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working, and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality, and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Everyone, welcome back to another show. This is episode 171. Now, Dale Carnegie Institute found that only 15% of a person's financial success was due to their technical knowledge, but 85% was due to their skill and human engineering, their personality, and their ability to lead people. So knowing this, why is it that universities fail to teach social skills to their graduates, especially when it's been found that their technical ability or their ability to lead others and their ability to interact with others heavily impacts their levels of success and of course the success that they want to reach. So this is the the question that today's guest asks. Joining me today is Cara Ronan. Cara is an international business etiquette consultant and she's also the founder of Executive Impressions. She's passionate about teaching people the social skills to thrive in any business or social situation and in any country. And on today's show, Cara is going to speak about why business etiquette is not out of date, the three keys to projecting power in business and three common hurdles that people face when it comes to confidence and power. So welcome to the show, Cara. Hi, Emery. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you are so welcome. So let's dive in. What is the misconception about business etiquette? Well, since I started my business about two, three years ago, I found that a lot of people actually think business etiquette is old, it's stuffy, it's out of date, mm-hmm. and it's not applicable to modern life today. But since you know, I've done a lot of research and I have a lot of expertise in this area in business etiquette and social skills, I actually realized that it's a part of our everyday life. We come mm-hmm. across it every day. Every time we meet somebody for the first time, the way we shake their hand, the way we introduce ourselves, the way, you know, the first question we ask them, it's all related to the social skills or the way we interact with them. And that is essentially what business etiquette is. Mm-hmm. And I think also too that for, for many of us, and I, I guess it depends on which year you were born and and, and kind of the, the influence that you were brought up with, some of the social skills we take for granted because there were things that our parents modelled and things we picked up from our teachers and other key influences in our lives. Yet when we meet people, and this may necessarily be to the younger generation who may not have that kind of influence or people that don't have that influence, that's when you notice 
an incredible difference, don't you? When it's not, when it's missing, when certain things are not there, that is when we often go, wow, that was just so bizarre. Is that what you find too? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right there. When it's not there, when people don't introduce themselves properly, when they don't talk to you properly or communicate very well, it's then that you really notice, oh, there's something missing here. Mm. You can't quite put your finger on it most of the time, yeah, but you yeah. do notice that there is something missing. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, we can take it for granted, as I said, and being that it's common sense when you meet someone being polite, the general things that you kind of do, but you tell you what, it's not common sense at all. And For some people, it is something that needs to be modelled, it is something that needs to be taught and as often, if it is missing, if it is lacking, maybe the difference between a university graduate getting that job offer, you getting a business deal, getting that contract, so many different applications. So let's dive in and hear you share your expertise and we know that one of your areas of expertise is teaching people how to be powerful in business. You've got this great three-step process, so let's dive into it. What is the first step that you teach? Great. So that's right. Being powerful in business is something that I focus on a lot with my clients and I focus on three steps. The first is your clothing or the way you dress. Mm -hmm. And the reason I focus on this is because when you meet somebody for the first time, the very first thing they're going to notice about you is what you're wearing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's an animal instinct that we have. You know, imagine if you're walking down the street and you see people uh, walking toward you from the opposite direction you're first going to analyze them, look at their clothes to kind of place them in a group, try and work out who they are. And essentially what you're working out is whether they're a friend or a foe, whether you should approach them, whether you should avoid them, things like that. And this all happens subconsciously. So Mm -hmm. it's not something we think about at all and we don't even realize it's happening in our minds. But The clothes that you are wearing or that the other person is wearing is what you use as a clue Mm -hmm. to get clues to kind of gauge who the other person is and what they're like, what their personality is like. Mm. So this is very important in business because in business you're meant to have, you know, a uniform depending on the industry you work in, you're meant to wear a certain style of clothing, whether it's a a formal business suit, which is common for lawyers, for bankers, for people in very traditional industries, Mm -hmm. or perhaps your industry might be a bit more casual and jeans might be acceptable with a, a polo shirt or something like that. So clothing is the first thing that I focus on. Then I go. Yeah, let's dive into that because I I think what what many people don't realize, and and look, first impressions do count. And I was at a meeting and you said psychologically. And so from the other side of the fence, so to speak, I attended a meeting this morning and there was someone there that I had not met before. And this gentleman was unshaven. He had, Mm -hmm. you know, he didn't have a business suit on. And then after he spoke and introduced himself, I realized that he wasn't an accountant and, you know, and once I got to know him and he was able to to share a little bit more about him, then I understood that. However, if you're in a networking event and you don't actually have the opportunity to speak to someone, you don't find out a little bit more about them and have that, that opportunity, then yeah, I caught myself and I thought, no, don't go there. You don't know who he is, but it's just something that happens to us psychologically, even if we mean to do that or not. And we need to be aware of it because those first impressions really do count, don't they? 
Oh, absolutely, they do. I mean, we're always taught, we hear, you know, you should never judge a book by its cover. Mm -hmm. You should never judge a person before you get to know them. But we do. Yeah. And it's something that we can't control. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's part of human nature. And I think also, too, had he been an accountant or a lawyer or something like that, it's kind of like, would I? Mm, I don't know. It's just that he would have to work a little bit harder to, again, to mm. overcome that misconception. And he could very well sure. have been very professional. But studies have been done that people who do uh, take a little bit of time to think about their clothing, and even women with makeup, I know, can often then be taken more seriously, whether it's right or wrong, it just happens. So I think that that's really important. And you can feel a lot better too. I know that sometimes I pop down to the shops and I've just got, you know, my casual clothes on and I might bump into a client and you really do feel kind of out of sorts, don't you? Because, oh, I didn't recognize you in your tracksuit pants or whatever it is. And it's like, oh, yeah, (laughs) completely different. So it's from, from, from your point of view as well. So what's the second step? So the second step is all to do with your body language. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I just find so intriguing and so interesting. The body language that you use or your nonverbal communication doesn't only include your body language, but your nonverbal communication makes up 93% of your overall communication. Mm -hmm. And your body language itself accounts for 55%. So that is an awful lot you know, think of when you're communicating, when you're in conversation with somebody, 55% of the messages that you send that person are going to be through your body language mm-hmm. that you use. So it's so important to think about, you know, how we stand, our posture, what you do with your arms, mm-hmm. how you smile, your facial expressions as well, because they are all messages that you're going to send to the other person. Yeah. And again, it happens subconsciously. So it's not something you really think about unless you're told, okay, this is important. So you need to you need to think more about your body language. Mm. I think that's true. And I know that I have been in situations where we're interviewing people and, and even speaking to them out in, in um, kind of like a networking environment. And the people who seem really interested, their body language is more upright, not slouched over just those again what we would consider common sense really does stand out when someone does not have the body language that matches the situation such as if they're slouched over or they're talking to you and they're half turned away as if oh I'm just about to leave just little things like that can make an incredible difference and I think a lot of times it is the unspoken words such as this body language that can make a huge difference and if there is and share more about this if you've got some, I'm sure you, you've got some awareness around this. If the body language misaligns with what you're saying, the communication, we're more likely, people are more likely to take into account what your body language is saying rather than your words. Would you oh, agree? Yeah. Yes, yeah. that is absolutely true. If your body language and the words that you say are incongruent, if Mm -hmm. they're not aligned, if they don't match, then the person you're talking with is going to trust your body language and all of your non-verbals over what you say. Yeah. And if someone's questioning that, just remember the last time you're trying to have a conversation with someone and they were busy looking at their smartphone at stuff and talking to you. (laughs) How interested did you feel that they were in your conversation? And I'm sure if we were to have conversations with people here, feedback... It wouldn't. Yeah, yeah it, it was as if they were just ignoring me. So, okay, yeah. so that's important. So first is clothing. The second is body language. What's the third step? 
Well, the third step is your voice. And this includes not just the words that you use, but more the tone, the speed, the enunciation, all of those, those aspects that, you, that are actually not verbal, but they still come across mm-hmm. when you communicate to other people. Yeah. And one thing that I teach my clients to not do, and it actually happens a lot more than, than what you'd actually think, is something called the upswing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if you've heard what the upswing is. I'll explain it anyway. It's when you have the rise rise at the end of a statement. Mm -hmm. So it makes your statement sound more like a question. Yes. Um, When when actually your statement should be very certain, you should project, you know, decisiveness Mm -hmm. and and confidence in what you're saying, except you are making your statement into a question. I know that. Let's see if I can give you an example. It's always good to give examples. So if I was (laughs) talking to you, it was like, this is the way we do it, isn't it? It was like, isn't that right? You know, that kind of, and it's like, wow, you know, I did know someone that does that. And a lot of women tend to do that. And do you find a lot of women do tend to do that? They end with almost like a question. But I have met a couple of guys that have done that, gentlemen, and it really is kind of, I kind of monitor from a, you know, curious position, never judgment. We never judge anyone or blame or shame them. But isn't it interesting? It really does stand out when people do kind of finish their sentences with a it, upswing. Exactly, that's a perfect example. Yeah. Wow. But you're exactly right. You, there's just, you realize there's something off. You can't yeah. quite put your finger on it, but you walk away with the impression, oh, that person didn't really project as much confidence as I thought they would. Mm. And, you know, I think the voice, all three are very important. And you can imagine if someone was listening to a podcast and if I talked in a very monotonous voice like this and we didn't have any laughter, it would be really quite boring, wouldn't it? And it's like, please, yeah. <laughs> people would not listen uh, for very long. And I'm sure that there may have been instances where we may have looked forward to going to an event to see a speaker speak, yet their voice, their mannerisms, even though the content was really of interest to us, if the voice, the mannerisms, what you've said is the 55% and their voice, which I believe is 38%, is that the statistics? That's and, right. Yeah. yeah that's right. If those two don't match, then we'll find it very difficult to listen and to absorb the information because all of the other stuff becomes a distraction then, doesn't it? Mm, absolutely, yes. Mm. And when you're presenting, to be a good presenter, you need to not only think about your speech, the actual your words that are written down on the paper, mm-hmm. but how you're going to present it. And not many people do. They, they forget about that. They spend so much time working on what words they're going to say and rehearsing and practicing and practicing, mm-hmm. but they don't actually get up there and perhaps record themselves to see if their nonverbal, you know, their body language or their nonverbals are expressing what yeah. they want to say. Or, or kind of inviting the audience into their speech. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Well, let's dive into some strategies. So whether you wanted to share some strategies around outfit or body language or voice strategies, what can we do to help us to become more confident and powerful if we recognize that one or more of those things is something that we need to work on? Right, absolutely. Well, I'll share with you a couple of strategies and I'll start with the clothing. Mm -hmm. So when you're in business, uh, so I'm talking to entrepreneurs, to people in the professional world or who work for a company as Mm -hmm. well. But when you are professional working in the business world and you want to 
project authority and leadership qualities to the other person. Darker colors help you do that. Mm -hmm. So whether it's a dark jacket that you put on over a pair of jeans if you work in a more casual industry or whether it's uh, an actual suit, perhaps your job is more formal and you're required to wear a suit to work. So wearing a darker suit would help you project more authority as well. Mm -hmm. And even for women, if you want to just kind of add a touch of dark, what I like to recommend is you can do that with your jewelry. So add a darker color necklace if you have a white shirt on or something like that. But that contrast, the dark and the light pops in the other person's vision Mm -hmm. and they notice your outfit and they notice you. Yes. Yeah, I love that. I think that's really important. And I think you know, once we recognize some of these, these strategies can be very simply integrated into how we show up and it doesn't necessarily need to be this huge overhaul and and things that people need to do. So certainly the, the darker colors, what would be something that you would recommend people start to think about with regards to body language? Uh, body language. So the core here, it revolves around your posture. Mm -hmm. Now, when I say that, a lot of people, you know, reply, oh, but, you know, that's what my grandmother always told me or that's what my mother (laughs) always told me to sit up straight, to, you know, keep your shoulders back. Mm -hmm. And they don't think it's very important, but you cannot look confident if you're slouching. Yes. It's just impossible. Or if you're leaning, it's just not possible to look confident if your shoulders are slouching. So you need to stand up straight and you need to keep your shoulders back when you're talking with other people. If you're sitting down, make sure you sit up straight and you keep your head up high when mm-hmm. you're talking with other people as well. Yeah. Uh, so your posture is very, very important. Mm-hmm. And it does help if you have strong stomach muscles. So, you know, do some sit-ups or back exercises because they're the core muscles that give you strength with your body. So, you know, keep your stomach muscles strong to give you good posture. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, with posture, it's just from a health perspective, slouching is not good for you anyway. You'll end up with a sore neck and, and all sorts of ailments oh, yeah. down down the track. However, it really is just reminding yourself, isn't it, when you begin? It's like any new habit that you are creating. It's reminding yourself of it, setting that intention, and then before long, it just becomes a habit, something that you do automatically. Is that what you found as you've t- taught people any new strategies? Absolutely. It eventually, if you practice it long enough, it eventually becomes a natural part of your demeanor, of the Mm -hmm. way you carry yourself. Mm. You know, these are stages that you should start with your clothing, then you should look at your body language and then your voice. Don't try to change everything at the same time. Just change a little bit by a little bit Mm -hmm. uh, until you become used to that new part of you and until it becomes a natural part of you and then move on to the next step. Sure. When we're thinking about voice strategies, are there different strategies that you find you recommend to men and then to women or are they the same? Do we need to be mindful of of similar across whether you're a man or a woman? Ah, right. There is a difference. There are many differences between men and women when it comes to projecting confidence. Mm -hmm. Uh, Men have a natural ability to project more confidence, I find, than what women do. So when I'm working with women, I have to teach them to... uh, 
to use their voice in a way to sound more powerful. Mm-hmm. Whereas for men, it sometimes is a matter of toning it down a little bit yes. so that they're not overpowering the mm-hmm. other people that they're with because nowadays we all work in teams and the teams are often a mixture of men and women. And some things that men do can be overpowering for women. And for women, they have difficulty getting their voice heard mm. in a team as well. So mm. there are differences there, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love this conversation because this is something that I'm quite <laughs> passionate about too because you're absolutely right where there's some women who really, I think, don't recognise the incredible value that they have to offer, whether in a team environment or, you know, working one-on-one with someone. And if they find that there is someone who does have a little bit of an overbearing personality, that can often be something that shuts them down. And it's like, you know, you really need to believe in yourself and the value that you have to offer and not be scared to step up and say what it is that you need to say. And I think all of the steps that you've shared today, such as your clothing, if you feel really good, there's something about the level of inner confidence that just, yeah, it exudes out of you. And then your body language, how you hold your body language. When you put all of those things together, it just gives you that sense of, hey, what I have to say is important and not to let anyone overpower you. You know, that's really... It's so, so important and it's a shame but people quite often have the misconception that the loudest person in the room Mm -hmm. is the one who knows the most but that is not, in most cases, that is actually not (laughs) true. They could be digging a hole for themselves and it's like everyone's just there thinking, can you please be quiet? (laughs) You know, they're thinking something else but we won't say that in this uh, podcast. But certainly, yes. And, you know, I think when people start to recognize that, yeah, you don't have to be spoken over, just let them finish and say, you know, thanks for that. And here's what I was thinking around that area. And just, uh, I think it really starts with recognizing your own value and just letting yourself Yeah, step forward and and share. So what would you say around this whole topic of confidence and how, what are some common hurdles? What are some common things that we need to be aware of so that when we face them, we recognize, okay, this is just another, this is something that I need to be aware of. I can shift through that kind of as a checklist, I guess. What are some common hurdles that you see? Right. So there are, of course, common hurdles and they all revolve around your mindset, mm-hmm. actually, because you're clothing your body language. You know, you can, if you know what to change, you can change that. But your mindset, that is the things that are more difficult to change. So I find that many people believe they have to be born confident. And that is not true at all. It, you have to learn everything in life. You have to learn your technical skills and you have to learn your social skills. And nobody is born confident. The confident people you see, you're working with, your friends, you know, they've learned how to do that. They've mm-hmm. learned how to project that confidence to other people. And you can learn it too. So you don't have to be born with it at mm-hmm. all. So mm-hmm. that is one common hurdle. Yeah. A second common hurdle is comparing yourself to others. And this is so common. You you do it probably every day without even realizing it. You think, oh, my friend or my colleague or he or she has this or he or she has that and I don't have that. Mm. You're always constantly comparing yourself to others and working out what you don't have in your life. And yes. that can make that can just really make you feel like you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really damages your confidence. So 
and stop I, comparing yourself oh, to others. And, you know, I think when people do do that, Cara, what happens then is they're not giving themselves permission to be authentic. I do love that word. And I know that it's been bandished around the place. So people kind of getting a little bit, but, you know, tired of it. But it is important how you show up, your personality, your characteristics, all of those incredible gifts and talents that you bring. When you combine all of those, uh, you really can bring something to the table that no one else has because no one has all of the different qualities and the level of qualities, the knowledge, experience, everything that you have. So why diminish that? by looking at other people and saying, oh, I wish that I could be like this or, or whatever. I mean, really exactly. just, yeah, believe exactly. in yourself. Yeah, for sure. It wouldn't be an interesting place if everybody was mm-hmm. the same. And you're right, everybody has their own unique qualities, everything they, something they can bring to the table that mm-hmm. other people don't have. So you have to recognize that. Yeah. Any yeah, other hurdles absolutely. that you find people have to overcome? Yeah, so another hurdle is... The body language that you have learned during childhood that you continue to use when you become an adult. And this is quite common for women. Uh, So one thing that a lot of women do is the head tilt. And it's something you learn as a child when you're growing up because when you're a little girl, you know, if you want some candy or something, some lollies from your your (laughs) mum, you kind of tilt your head and you act all cute. And and you'll see puppies and various animals doing this as well. Mm. It's a, a cute gesture. And that's fine when you're a child, but when you move into adulthood, that kind of gesture has no place in business mm-hmm. or has no place when you're interacting with your friends or your family. So try to be conscious of body language that you've learned when you're a child that you've brought and that you still use into when you were an adult. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Mm. Mm. Any other hurdles that you'd want to share with people today? So a fourth hurdle, we're onto the fourth one now, aren't we, yes. is self-doubt. A lot of people just don't believe or don't think they can make their dreams come true or that they don't think that they can achieve what they want to achieve, whether it's running their own business, whether it's in the professional world, if they're employed, they just put those blocks up and think, oh, no, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready yet. Uh, no, I can't do that. Maybe next year. I'll have a go at it. But now, now is the time. Uh, It's better now than never because if you say that now, if you have that self-doubt now, you'll have it next year. You'll have it the year after Mm. and you will never achieve those wonderful goals that you want to achieve in your life. Mm. You know, that's so true. I just remember an event that I went to, a networking event, and the lady who ran the event, and she just came across as very professional. She was very confident, and it was a great event. And then later, after the event had finished, we were talking just quietly between the two of us. And she said to me, you know, I'm actually an introvert. I'm really quite shy. So stepping out and doing this really required me to dig into my inner strength. And I said to her, you know, we would never have noticed that. That would never have come across. And you can see that had she had the mindset was, I can't do this. I'm an introvert. I'm too shy. I'm going to, you know, make a mistake. All of that had the self-doubt. She would never have gotten to the stage now where she can be comfortable and she can step out. And I think that that's relevant for men and, you know, or women. We really do need to just get out there and start to do what we need to do 
And the more often we do that, the more we practice, the more we start to implement all these things, the more it just starts to get into our muscle and it becomes a part of who we are quite naturally. Absolutely. You're Mm. right. And, you know, there are days when you feel uh, you don't really want to do much, where you don't feel so confident. But personally, what I do is I actually take action. And I find that by taking action, by doing something, Mm -hmm. it, it builds that confidence inside yes. me. It breeds that confidence. And the thing is, the other people who see you, they have no idea that you didn't feel confident in the first place. Mm-hmm. The story you just shared of that lady who was presenting in yes. front of lots of people, nobody had any idea that before the presentation, she was full of self-doubt. Mm-hmm. So if you do it properly and if you don't go 100% with your confidence and projecting it, other people will have no idea how you felt beforehand. Yeah, absolutely. And then they're probably comparing themselves to you thinking, oh, I wish I could do that. So I I think a lot of us, when we're being transparent and honest, can be in situations where we think, oh, goodness, you know, I was nervous or I had self-doubt. We can all relate to that. And it's just a matter, as you said, get out there continue to practice, continue to implement the steps and then uh, it just becomes so much easier. And yeah, you do exude that level of confidence, that level of power that other people recognize and they're attracted to. So they want to come and speak to you about the possibility of doing business or whatever it is that uh, your field of expertise is in. So Cara, it's been so great to speak to you. I know this is a topic that uh, we could speak for hours on. If someone's been listening to the show, wants to know more about you and how you might be able to support them, how can they get in contact with you? Absolutely. So I have a website. If they go to the URL, www.executive-impressions.com. On the website, they'll find uh, a lot of free articles because I run a blog as well, free articles, free videos that they can access. I would love for your listeners to sign up to my monthly newsletter where I also share extra tips and provide access to free training. Mm-hmm. And then also on the website, they can have a look at the options of how if they want to work with me with the Powerful in Business Coaching program, which is an online training program where I work through the three key areas I I talked about before. And then there's, yeah, various other products and things on my website. So definitely go to the URL and you'll find a a lot of information. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. Yeah, me too. So there you go. All of the details to get in contact with Cara will be on the show notes, ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES171. Check out the resources. I've gone and had a look. She's got some great videos, great resources. So please uh, sign up to get those. If this is the first time you are listening to the show, it really has been an honor to, to spend some time with you. Come back next week. Subscribe to our iTunes channel, ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES iTunes. And uh, we'll be able to connect again next week with another fantastic guest to help you take your business to the next level. Bye for now. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.